seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have me, Sacred Stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother... Welcome, friends, to episode 9-3 of Color of Magic, your magic and gaming podcast, where we talk about all types of issues that affect our gaming, sometimes even away from our tables and our computers. I am your host, Daquan Watson, and for 93 episodes, still riding shotgun, I got my main man, Brian Allen. How is it going today, dude? I'm pretty good. No major complaints. How about you? Uh, you know, mostly solid, mostly solid. I'm getting some some personal stuff taken care of. We got our house things wrapped up, uh, getting some things done on the other place now, you know, because it never stops. But overall, yeah, things are going pretty solid. Uh, contents up this week. You know, also, I want to say for those of you that don't believe and, you know, like liking a video, sharing a video, whatever on YouTube, not being that important. It really, really is. Uh, on one of my videos last week, even uh, maybe about four days ago, I shared screenshots that from messages I got from YouTube even saying, hey, because more of your regular viewers are watching this video, we're recommending it more because your regular viewers are sharing your video more. We're recommending it more. Right. So it's not just a thing. Their system even says this is why we're doing it and why you're seeing more views like so people liking videos, leaving comments, subscribing, obviously. But one of the biggest things is actually sharing the videos. So like, even if you just share it to your Twitter feed, you know, if you have a, a friend who may like that content, whatever it is, you know, maybe you have a, a Facebook group or something you can share it in where it's relevant, putting it on Reddit, like any of that stuff helps creators so very much. Like it means a lot, because especially for a lot of people, you're only getting paid by the views you get on YouTube. So just want to put that out there. Like, if you don't think it's a thing, it really is a thing enough that their automated system said it was a thing. So if you're ever watching a video and you're not sure, like, yeah, just hit the like button. Like it makes a big difference. And on my videos where, you know, like 10% of the people hit the like button compared to like the last week or so where people really got after it. Cause I was, we were doing a hard push and it was like 25% at one point. I mean, it's night and day in the views. Like it, it's huge. It really, really does matter. So I just want to put that out there for folks. Now, before we get down to business, we got some people to thank. We had a big week last week with patrons. So we have a lot of people like, and there's some names I'm going to get wrong because we had people even from Sweden, you know, we had people from all okay. over. So this, this was cool. So Jonathan Zeibel, William Tonges, Joachim Zvantessen, John Key, Joseph Anelli, and Ryan Albee. Thank all of y'all. That is a good week for us. We are super appreciative. And on other news for the patrons, I want to say I actually am carving out time this weekend so I can get those updated. And what I'm going to do is I'm probably going to add some giveaways to each of the levels each month. So more giveaways into the higher levels to increase the odds, I guess, for those people. But I just want to be able to give away more things. Uh, make it more worth it for people. I mean, obviously, I think we're putting out good content, but, you know, give them a little extra for supporting us. So we're going to add some things to each of those levels and uh, make it just more rewarding where we can. And you know what else is rewarding 
having people that appreciate our show and companies that appreciate our show, like Cardsphere.com. If you haven't checked them out, you really should. There's some really good people over there. They are supporting so many quality content creators right now, especially in the magic space. And they're just, like I said, all around good people. And their site's actually good. You know, if you're looking for a place to get a deal on some cards, if you're looking to sell stuff without the hassle of eBay or other trader sites, you know, what it's it's really, really good. It has a small learning curve, but once you figure it out, it's pretty fantastic. And, you know, we're getting to where I have all my stuff listed. So even just having it there, I can even print out full Excel sheets or whatever. So if I want to take those to another site or do something with it, like I'll have that handy now. So a lot of just small things there that are very good uh, if you haven't checked them out. But it's cardsphere.com. And then finally, remember to check out our website, colorofmtg.com slash shop, especially as we're starting to get back into game stores and do some playing with our friends. You know, maybe you want to get a new play mat. Maybe you're going to need some tokens for whatever deck you're building. We got you covered over on the website and we give discounts for certain size orders. We also can do free shipping and we do ship around the world. So check that out. It's a way for you to support the show and get a little something for yourself. Now, we do want to get down to business because, man, there are some things. There are some things. This, 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 this week, this soapbox is a little personal this week for me. Because I had somebody come up on my YouTube comments, which, by the way, there's always something in my YouTube comments, like every day. And that's just part of doing content. So that's another thing. Be chill, be cool to your content creators, y'all. Because I'm not like I'm I'm modest size. You know, I'm getting to where I'm about 13,000 subscribers over on YouTube. And I still get a lot. I can only imagine people that have 30, 50, 80,000 subscribers like they're probably getting hammered. Five times what I am, you know, on a daily basis. But in this particular instance, somebody came on griping because if, for those of you who don't know, I, I do a variety of content. I do a lot of, you know, deck gameplay showing off stuff, but I put some like YouTube shorts up. Uh, I'll do box openings. I'll, I'll do uh, like set reviews, stuff like that. But um, one of my particular gameplay videos this person was complaining because what I've been doing with Standard 2022, because after polling people, a lot of people don't play ladder, but you know, a lot of people are always looking for the next deck or whatever. So I do the first couple of games in the play queue, and then I do the rest in the, the ranked ladder queue. So people get to see it in both environments against different decks just because, right? And I'm usually playing decks that are different or using some cards that people aren't using that often. Like throughout the season, I might only play five, maybe six of the like actual top decks. The rest are all just a variety of things because that's what I base my content on. Just being educational, talking through plays, showing people new things. We even have a card spotlight in every video so people can figure out like, maybe here's a card you didn't know about. Here's a price going up on something that may be a good time to sell or whatever, right? Just giving options to people. But this particular person was mad because I was playing, or at least complained, because I was playing games in the play queue. And, you know, I wasn't just showing all the games where I'm winning in in the ladder, right? And part of what I like to do is win or lose, I try to show the most interesting games from whatever recording or stream or whatever I'm using for that that footage from. Because to me, it's like, 
part of it is being entertaining. Like if I win a game and it's just like a three or four turn blowout, well, that's not that exciting. Why do I want to include that? But if I have a good back and forth game, that's like a 12, 13 turn game and it ends in a loss, like, and it's close. Well, that's way more entertaining. I'd rather put that up. But this person was complaining about it. And then finish with like, well, you know, when I see that, I'd rather just go watch somebody like CGB or whatever. And for those you know, Covert Go Blue, good dude. I've done some work with him. I've been on his stream, you know, done some Deck Doctor stuff with him. Like, nothing against CGB. He actually makes really good content. And he's on a, like, I don't know, seven, seven almost 800-day win streak, I think, 800 and some. For, or not win streak, but a, a daily video posting, right? So dude's... Yeah, dude's on it. Which, by the way, I have now put up in 16 months, I've put up 700, and I believe the number is 15 videos now. Maybe 716, because I posted one just before we went live earlier. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah, and so I'm averaging more than a video a day. So if anybody wants content, hey, come by my YouTube channel. But that led me to a discussion of like, that's fine, right? Like not everything is for everyone. Like we want, we should want there to be more variety of content, right? And I'm okay with the feedback. That part doesn't bother me. But it's like, if you are trying to be more competitive and that's what you're looking for, then you should be following people that are building their content around that. Whether that's pro players like Paulo Vitor Domderosa, because, you know, he's got a good channel and he actually does some strategy stuff on that, right? Like, be a good one to follow, right? If you want to follow CGB because he plays a lot of best of one ranked ladder, right? That's somebody to follow. But if that's your jam, just go, okay, cool. I watch somebody else's video. Cool. I will watch some people's video and be like, their stuff's good, but it's not what I'm looking for right now. And then I just move on until I find the other people that are what I'm looking for. But I don't go to them and try to turn their content into the thing that I want. I mean, the reality is we should want there to be more stuff. Like the more variety there is, the more people that can find something they enjoy. And if more people are finding things they enjoy, that's a collective bigger pile of players and a collective bigger pile of money coming into the things that we enjoy which means we get more, we get bigger events, our local stores are better, like all that stuff. So don't discourage that. And it sucks because I see so many people, whether they're in discords or whether they're on Facebook or Twitter, or whatever, complaining when there's not more variety, when they're seeing the same decks all the time, or they're watching the same people, or they can't find anybody new or blah, blah. And then when they do, they just bitch about it. And I'm like, it's already hard enough for these people to get views on things. You know, like I was opening, you know, in our opener, what I was talking about, right? It's already hard enough for people to get eyeballs on their stuff and get views to start with. And then here you are coming along on the thing they're doing. And you're like, no, that sucks. I want you to be just like this other thing. Like, why? Seriously. Like anything I've been into, any hobby, like I like finding somebody who's doing something different or trying to do it a different way, or at least bringing a different perspective. Like, I don't want it to all be the same. I mean, I don't know, unless you're a fan of, like, Law and Order, because, you know, 
they're kind of the same. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, no. Some of them, you know, investigate, uh, investigate sex crime. Some of them investigate organized crime. <laughs> but seriously, you know, like, why? You should want things to be different. It's very weird to complain because, like, oh, you're not exactly the same as this other thing I like. Like, this came up even when we were talking about wrestlers. How, like, I've told you before, a bunch of people are big on, like, CM Punk, right? Super popular wrestler from about, I guess at this point, like, 10, 12 years ago. But I never really got it. Like, he just didn't click with me. You know, his big promos that people love, I'm just like, all right. It just sounds like he's just complaining on the microphone, whatever. But I get that other people liked him. So I'm like, cool. If other people are into him, great. They're excited about wrestling. It's selling tickets. He's making money. They're happy. They're tuning in every week. Awesome. And the same thing right now. There's a new, uh, well, actually, she's our new women's champion, Nikki Ash. And people are like, ah, I can't stand this superhero gimmick. It's so dumb, whatever. And I find her mannerisms entertaining as hell because she's obviously having fun with it. But you know what? Different things for different people. We're all going to find something different in the product that we enjoy. Like, not every single thing about every single thing is going to be the thing I like or the thing you like or whatever. And let things be different and draw more people in. It's worth it. Okay, I'm done. I, don't know, right. I, I started to go too far with that. I was all over. <laughs> but I hear you it's got a, it's a, the area of grievances after all. That's because true. I've got a lot of problems with you people. <laughs> <laughs> some days I do. But I hear you do have some other things yourself, Brian. So well, let, you know, it's... let me get out of the way and I'll, I'll let you have, have the podium. I feel compelled, like, I guess everybody that does any kind of content has to have an Amazon take this week, you know, because uh, gaming is so often where my mind goes. As, as I'm watching Jeff Bezos and some other people fly into space, I'm thinking about, uh, thinking about the Amazon's failed video game, Crucible, and realizing that Jeff Bezos has proven that it is easier to launch a rocket into space than it is to launch a successful video game. That's an interesting take. I hadn't thought it, about that. It doesn't seem to make any sense, but that's what happened. I guess because, you know, okay, if you're going to go into space, you know, you need these technical things. You need this much fuel. You need a craft that can withstand so much pressure. And you have these things and, you know, not even a pilot in their case, the thing was autonomous. You get all this, okay, your rocket will get to space. Whereas with a video game, you can... Pour as much money in, in into it as you want to, which Amazon did. You can, you know, have all the all the people on staff that you feel like you need, and all and give them all the resources they they need. and still, it just it's I don't it's not not necessarily an art or a science. Sometimes it's just you have everything you think you need, and it doesn't hit. So again, when people say they need more time to finish a game, by all means, let them. Damn, man, I, I really hadn't thought about that. But I mean, I guess, yeah, I mean, you can throw a lot of money at it, but I guess it's a matter of like, what are you willing to tolerate as your return? Yeah. Huh. And you figure if Amazon, and now I see Netflix is going to start trying to make video games. That's all. That's going to be interesting. Yeah. Like, I've been wondering because we, do you remember right before the pandemic started or maybe right at the very beginning? I can't remember the timeline. COVID was a long time. But they had that choose your own adventure movie. And that was, I guess, kind of them feeling it out and seeing, you know, yeah. people were gonna click on that. And lo and behold, enough of us clicked on it. 
that they want to make video games now. And they feel like they can. Because I was wondering about that, right? Does that just go into like being some level of movie slash game? Do they do like, I don't know, app level games you can play on your screens? And we talked about how some games, especially, you know, some role-playing games, it feels like you push one or two buttons, then you're watching an hour-long cutscene, then you push one or two more buttons. That's true. That's very true. So I don't know, man. That's that's interesting. I I like that take. That's a good one. I mean, it, it, yeah. I guess there's less justification that you have to have with the rocket. Like, everybody's already, well, literally on board that wants to do what you're going to do. And, and then, I am excited about the prospect of, you know, I guess a privately run space program for anybody that, you know, can hire the people and figure out how to get it done. And obviously I'm not going until it gets way cheaper, but I mean, I, we might see that happen maybe in our lifetime. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's a whole different thing I think we could really dive into because there's there's so much around that that I think is both positive and negative. On so many levels. I remember when VCRs first came out, or when any new technology comes out, it starts out being some ridiculous price, like a thousand dollars, and eventually gets to where everybody's got one. So, do you know they only produced the last VCR as of like four years ago? They were still making those. Yeah, they were still making those things. Which I guess it kind of makes sense. People are still buying vinyl records. Yeah, but now I think officially the last company that was making them like no longer is producing them, but. Yeah, it's pretty wild. I didn't know that. But all right. You know the thing. We have lots going on in the world, and we like to keep learning and expanding our brains. So what did you learn last week, Brian? As uh, many of you probably know by now, the Milwaukee Bucks won the NBA title, led by uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, or the the Greek freak, as he is commonly nicknamed. Mm -hmm. And it's just such an inspiring story. He apparently, as a kid, was so poor, as his family was, that when he played basketball with his brother, they had one pair of tennis shoes that they had to swap between them during the game. So now they couldn't both be on the court at the same time. Yeah, like, if I remember his story, like, he's actually Nigerian, but was born in Greece, I think. Yeah. So that's already kind of a thing, but... Oh, yeah, can you imagine just the whole culture, the, just the, the, the whole culture class that they probably would... I guess well, more of the parents and the kids since he was raised in Greece. Well, that's the thing. Antetokounmpo well, isn't even his original last name. They changed it after they'd been there, I think, for like two years or three years to make his last name fit the traditional spellings and, and culture of Greece. So his original last name is actually different in Nigerian. But, you know, they're trying to fit the culture and have their kids get picked on less or whatever, so they change their names. And then go from, you know, not being able to afford shoes to uh, he has, I was like, Sally, come to America. He got his own shoes. You can go to the store now and buy shoes with his name on them. So it's just an incredible story. I eagerly await the movie. And the dude, what's crazy is he, my understanding is his parents like just sold stuff on the street, like, you know, street hawker, you know, like purses and other stuff. And that's what they were doing, him and his brother, to help pay for stuff at the house. And random dude that was a coach or whatever was like, hey, kid, you play ball? And he's like, no, I never played basketball. And he, he didn't even play basketball until like 
I want to say like 2013 or something, 2011. And then like within like three years, he's basically being drafted into the NBA or whatever. Like it's the most unreal thing. Like he, and the wild he, thing is, fourteen people got drafted ahead of him, and I mean, it's, it's I, somebody. Well, several people have published the the fourteen people that got picked ahead of him, and it's just a sad indictment on NBA scouting. Yeah, and I, you know, and that's why I always tell people like drafts in general are an inexact science because every team's looking for a certain thing and a certain fit. You know, and then other things happen, like people you surrounded them with end up getting injured or traded or whatever. Like, it's it's tough, man. Because you know, you go back to that that draft that had like uh, like Kobe and Allen Iverson. I think like Ray Allen was in that. Like that was a sick draft. Like that's that's got to be the best draft in NBA history, right? Because like Kobe and Allen Iverson alone, you would figure has. Oh yeah, but of the first like twelve picks, like I want to say like eight or nine of them were just bangers. I'm just like, that's never going to happen again. And Giannis is a complete opposite. Like, there's him, there's Victor Oladipo, and there's probably five or six guys got drafted ahead of him that aren't even in the league anymore. It's just sad. And that's part of why, you know, he could have made, he could have gone anywhere and made any amount of money with his his rookie contract with him. He re signed with Milwaukee because they took a chance on him when nobody else wanted to take a chance on him. Yeah. And the dude balled out. Like this series, he had like three games where he scored forty. Yeah, you know he's the only person to have gotten twenty five, I believe it was, in one quarter in an NBA Finals. Like he put up fifty plus points in the last game. It's like, one of those performances where you just see him like put the team on his back, and we are not losing tonight. Yep, and people still don't respect him. Two time MVP, and the dude balled out in the finals, and people are still not on board. I don't understand. Who like who is what trash take having people with these? Dude, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I don't even get, well, the Suns got lucky. They didn't get real competition and blah, blah. Like, come on, man. Like, they're I all. Mean, that happens to, to everybody. Yeah, they're there, all There's NBA always, players. you know, they don't give the Rockets any credit because Michael Jordan wasn't playing those two years. They said, look, we didn't make him retire. We're, we're still playing basketball, right? Oh, yeah. That's still the like, well, Kobe's not that good because he wasn't the NBA Finals MVP when he played with Shaq. It's like, what? <laughs> like, like, come on, y'all. Well, we're being on the sports topic, and I, and this one for me kind of rounds up and connects to other things. But I'm sure you saw the post from, I guess it would have been about four or five days ago, where they were showing these Olympic cardboard beds that they're making for athletes to sleep on. Now, the story going around was that the Olympic Committee had said, well, we're doing this to kind of have disposable beds and not spread COVID and all that. And somewhere a narrative came out that like, well, this is also to discourage the athletes from banging because there's all the stories everybody's heard for years that, you know, at Olympic Villages, you have a whole bunch of like super athletes that are beautiful people and, you know, adult things happen. And that makes sense. Yeah. And they're all like, you know, and, you know, 18 to 25, you know, like whatever, some younger than that, which, you know, hopefully they stay away and whatever. But in the end, they said, no, that's really not what this was about, right? We're really trying to have disposable stuff, not spread COVID, you know, keep things affordable because they're also not having fans present at a bunch of stuff. 
to again for COVID pandemic protocols. But there was an athlete from, I want to say he was from Sweden, maybe, or maybe Switzerland. But he was showing, I want to say his last name is like McCann. Oh, crap. I had it the other day. His name, his first name is Rice, R H Y S. But I can't remember if his last name was like McLaughlin or McLaughney, something like that. But anyway, he was showing because he's at the Olympic Village or whatever, and he's jumping up and down on one of the beds. And he's like, this has nothing to do with sex, y'all. This is just made up stuff on the internet. Like this, he's literally jumping. And he's not like super heavy, but he's probably like 170-ish, if I were guessing. And he's just clearly jumping up and down. And it even looks like there's just a little bit of bounce back for whatever mattress top they're using. So yeah, they apparently found a way to make quality cardboard beds that athletes could sleep on and not be miserable that are fairly sturdy. So then this got me thinking like, what are the other applications for something like this? Like we could use these anytime there's like when FEMA sets up stuff for like hurricane response, we can use it around the world whenever we're doing like, you know, bringing in refugees or something from a neighboring country Hell, could we even use them at like events, right? Because this is what I started thinking, right? What if we wanted to have like areas where, hey, if you're not feeling well or you're tired or whatever, we set up a private room and like you can you can grab a couple of sleeves, you get some nap time or something, right? How many times, hell, you're a parent, probably go to an event with your kids and you're like, ah, you're just sitting there or whatever. Like, man, if you can go crash out for like five yeah. minutes, 10 minutes, take a quick nap, shoot, that'd be worth a couple dollars to you. You know, like I was just thinking like there has to be a use for this other than just like, we're making beds for the Olympics. I'm like, we should be sharing these schematics and this technology and let's use it everywhere for a bunch of different stuff. I mean, imagine we take those and just give them to homeless people, right? Like cities just do a thing and like you can put at the bare minimum, you know, some type of bedding setup inside of a tent or something or whatever. Like, I don't know. But like, is there something we could do with this that's better than just like, yeah, we're going to set it up for the Olympics, make a bunch of beds, and then just break them down and recycle them. Like, I don't know. It's it's an interesting thing, though. I started just thinking about, like, man, I would love having set up. Like, Because the thing is, if they're easy to construct, you could just set those up at events. Like, you just have your staff pop up a couple beds and, a, you know, you rent another room, and then you have a place for people to chill out. Like, that would be cool. But I don't know. I Like I said, just big picture thinking of just like, man, there's this crazy technology and we're not using it for anything right now. So, man, maybe we find... It's also good to know athletes who will be able to (laughs) to throw down. That's true. If, If they want to do the horizontal mambo, well, there you go. They'll be able to do it. Now, this next thing, Brian, I kind of want to ask your opinion on this because... I don't know if I've ever heard of this being done before, but Magic Legends, and this kind of went under the radar, but it made a statement about refunding all the money that people have spent in the last, whatever, like three months that it's been operational or whatever. I guess it's only been three months, three or four months. Yeah, it's not been long. And that was a hell of a statement. And they've already started, like people are already getting refunds. So they they were already following through. Like all people who paid with PayPal stuff are already getting refunds. And I've heard a couple of people 
with credit cards are getting refunded. But they said credit cards could be up to four to five weeks because of the processing or whatever. But that is the first, that's the only time I know of a company saying like, we are giving all this money back. Because yeah, I, I don't honestly, remember anybody giving up. I mean, I've seen people say like, okay, after the announcement, we're not selling anymore or you might get your money back. But this is, I guess, this is everything for pretty much the whole time it's been out. I've not heard of anything like that. Yeah, I, I see. That's what I was wondering, because I looked around a little bit and I couldn't find anything. I mean, granted, it was hard to search for because that's such a random thing. Yeah. But I was trying to backtrack to where like games had shut down and, that weren't like multi-year games. And then trying to see, you know, if there was any similar statements. And I couldn't find anything. Because I guess that's part of the problem is like, you know, if it's not a company that has has deep pockets, if it's their first game, they can't afford to give you your money back. Yeah, and I totally get that, right? That's what I was saying. Like, I would assume, I was like, okay, a lot of people just went, cool, you got my 50 bucks or whatever, I'm not going to see it again. And, and we'd be used to that. I know I've had that happen numerous times. Yeah, I wouldn't even have thought twice about it. You know, but it's like, oh, well, cool. I get a little kickback. All right. That's awesome. When and, you buy something that's in beta, you know, like, hey, you're paying your money. You're taking your chances. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, I will say, I do think this is a twofold move, right? The first is they have several other games and they're obviously going to be making more games in the future. So they build up some goodwill here. Yeah. Right. So now their next thing comes out. People might go. I'll gamble because, you know, they've already shown if they screw it up, I'll, I'll get my money back anyway. So, yeah, what, there's no gamble. Right? You can just try it now, right? And yep. I don't, do we know whether, like, they're doing it or whether Hasbro is chipping in on this? No, my understanding is they operate completely independent. Okay. But the only thing I can tell, and again, I have not seen paperwork or contracts, but the way everything appears to operate, it seems like a traditional deal where Hasbro or Wizards of the Coast would have just signed a licensing deal. Okay. And I guess they either bought the license either for a flat fee for however long, or they're in some type of deal where they give up a percentage of revenue, probably like one to 3% or something as part of their deal. I don't know which it is. That's Trevor, just because in this, I want to say, I may be getting my games confused. There's a lot of Magic adjacent games, but I, I think don't, doesn't, doesn't Hasbro like own this company or something? Uh, I don't know that to be true. So I, I may be getting my games confused. but Yeah, I'm like, if they do, I'm not aware. I don't think they do, though. No, I don't think they do. Because they have... They they have too many other games that I think that would have been news as well. Because Cryptic okay. Cryptic slash Perfect World like makes a lot of games with their Arc System stuff. So I don't I don't think that would be true. Because I feel like that would be a lot of licenses. Though they do have a big partnership though, because they do Neverwinter stuff. But there's also like Star Trek. Uh, I think they also do Champions Online. So they have a couple other things. But who knows? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe I'll, I'll have to dig deeper. Maybe that is a thing. I will have to follow up. Listen, they have so they have so many <laughs> magic theme games, or I might be confusing it with something else. Yeah. It, it's interesting either way, though. You know, the fact that they're giving the money back. I mean, even even if it's Hasbro or whatever. Like, I think it's just cool. Because I I like I said, I can't think of a time 
where that's a thing. And then yeah, the usually other- the best I see is like they'll say, hey. You know, for everybody that buy that has bought, like let's say, over the past two or three weeks, maybe. Yeah, and the other interesting thing is that I wonder how much pressure this puts on future developers, right? If if their game blows up in a couple months or whatever, like let's say we get another artifact, and do people look back and say like, well, do we get a refund? And they're like, well, no, of course not. And like uh, these other people gave us one. You know, like certain people are certainly going to ask because it sets a precedent. Yeah, so I don't know. Like this is, I I mean, I guess right now it's technically unprecedented because you know it's the first time we could find where this is a thing. But I thought it was a good talking point that they're being. And also, you know, Mm -hmm. it's very rare for a game to to get canceled basically while it's still in beta. That was I think I think one of the things they probably took into account was usually. Even if, you know, the, the launch is not great, the game still comes out of beta because they at least try to re- recoup whatever money they put into the project before they shut it down. This one, yeah, I guess they just figured the numbers were not going to turn around. Yeah, I, and we've talked about it before. I think the two biggest issues are like when it was originally announced a couple years ago, it was talked about as being an MMO, you know, and then... As you know, a year or so went by, I was like, well, it's actually an action RPG, which isn't bad, you know, because then it was like, oh, okay, we're going to get this like Diablo clone with the magic skin. And then it was like, oh, we kind of got a first person RPG, but you kind of tried to build in the randomness of magic, but then you didn't give us all the magic themed or named things. And then like just so many little decisions, I think that as the game progressed, just got us too far away from what I think the majority of people were expecting. Yeah, and it just, it, it felt like they kind of had the license, but like really only license for like, it, like it wasn't Liliana Vess, it's Liliana Vess's brother that we've never heard about before this and probably would hear about afterwards. Yeah, just, just I don't know, just awkward decisions, you know, but yeah. it, it happens, it happens. Somebody made the right, the, the wrong call, other people approved it and it just didn't work. This is where oh, we are. And I, I did get my games confused. It's the Dark Alliance game to subsidiary, or it's published by a subsidiary of Wizards of the Coast. Okay, okay. Or published by Wizards, technically developed by by a thing that uh, Wizards owns. Gotcha. So they are, they have, or they're dipping their hand into video game developments. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, I don't know, like I said, the fact that they're giving money back is pretty sweet. Don't know if we'll see that again, but it's cool that they're at least doing it. And as you said, it's going to definitely set up for, for other people. People are going to ask because it's been done now. Yeah, people see that it's been done. Uh, have you played any standard 2022? I have not. It's actually, there, it, there's a little, like, it, it, there's a frustration point for people right now where you can't play it best of three. I'm not 100% sure why, other than making standard, regular standards still be a thing, so people can play that best of three. I mean, that's the best I could think of. So you don't have, like, two best of ones and two best of threes running at the same time, splitting the player pool. But even that's kind of questionable. But outside of that, I think it's interesting because you get people... Like, the first perspective I think a lot of people share about it is that, oh, well, people are excited to play without Eldraine and Theros and Ikoria and whatever. But I've seen more people commenting about maybe their newer, 
you know, and they just don't have as many of the older cards because they only started playing in the last That's year. also a thing. You know, so they're happy to be able to play to not have to craft all those other things. You know, there's some people that have, they've been playing for a short amount of time and they've been sitting on some rares or mythics, but they didn't necessarily want to build a deck that was going to have 10 cards that rotate in September, right? If they're mostly playing standard. So this way they're like, okay, well, any of these decks now, I can build these and know I can play with my cards for another year. So we're seeing, at least in my experience, though I will agree, a lot of people are just tired of Eldraine, Ikoria, Theros, whatever. And we get that. That's yeah. a perfectly reasonable take, considering the power levels. Totally understand. But I think it's the vocal minority that's what well, we're more into standard 2022 because we don't have to play with this, you know, with Embercleave and Great Hinge and blah, blah, whatever. And I think the majority of people are like, oh, I can just build different decks with cards I have already, you know, or cards that I don't have to worry about going away in a year or whatever. But it's kind of bringing up the conversation, though, if people enjoy this this much for these various reasons, should we get back to where standard rotates every year and a half instead of or every every half year or whatever, instead of every full year right should we go to a standard where it's one in one out you know that's been a conversation lately which that's actually kind of interesting you know that standards always eight sets so like in this case we would get i guess the innistrad set in september and we would lose there or we would lose uh eldraine Right. Then when the next one comes out, we would lose Theros or whatever. And then you just keep that rotation. So like that that's another thing that would be cool. But I I feel like it, it's tough, right? Because if you're in wizard shoes, they did try to do that like all every like half year thing or whatever. And that just didn't go over well with people. Like they didn't even get through the first rotation before they just had to go back to the old model. Like they, this was in, gosh, I want to say like 2016, maybe something like that. Around that time, I feel like they, they tried it and instantly were like, yeah, this isn't going to work. And people, people were upset. Oh yeah. People were upset that cards are rotating too fast and I have to go buy this and whatever. And like, it was it was a lot of complaints, all types of stuff. And like I said, they didn't even make it through that whole first three month period or whatever before they were like, OK, cool. We're just going to go back to the old way. And that was I like they tried it. People hated it. And now we're back to people going like, well, maybe they weren't wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, man, more proof that as gamers, we don't know what the hell we want. Like we we just want whatever's best for us in the moment, like whether it makes sense long term or not. And with anything, the people you're going to hear from the most are the people that are upset. They're people who I'm sure have never thought about these things. Like we talk about the things that we think are just earth shattering. Your local person at their local store has doesn't know, doesn't care, didn't realize that the number of sets to rotate out had changed. They just go buy new cards when they want to buy new cards. Oh, yeah, yeah. In any time. And that's still hard for people to understand. But like anytime you could if you see a thousand people complaining on Twitter. That's a drop in the bucket. Like you can walk into any store practically. 
And there's going to be a handful of players that for real just have no clue what's going on. Hell, the majority of them might not even yeah. know what's going on. I mean, I literally had people that I would see on a weekly basis and we're telling them things are happening and they still don't care enough to remember. You know, like, so I don't know. Before it, I was doing this, I would say I was one of those players where I didn't know what the latest, you know, when, I, when things rotated, people at the people at the conference shop would tell me, hey, yeah, okay, that, that deck's not, that deck rotated out. All right, I need to buy some new cards. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, maybe we should, if, if this is this popular. And last season it was popular too. I had a bunch of requests to make content for that little mini format. Because what they're basically doing is standard 2022 is the four sets that will be remaining post-rotation. And that's all you get to play with. So it's basically future standard without the next set. That'll be legal. And they did the same thing last fall, or I guess last summer, just to lead up to the, the fall rotation. And people are enjoying it. And my yeah, thing is... If you want to get practicing in, you know, that's a good thing to do. Yeah, my thing is now that we've done this twice in a row, and last year people obviously weren't near as upset about Eldraine and whatever, and people still enjoyed it. So if this is the norm and people are showing they enjoy this, maybe we do at least need to have the discussion about revisiting some new rotational setup. And maybe, you know, like I said, maybe having to replace multiple sets, you know, more frequently is bad. But if we went to one in, one out, that's an interesting conversation to have, at least, I think. Because then you always have eight sets. Every single set will be standard legal for roughly two years. Because right now you have that weird thing where some sets are legal for two years and some are legal for like a year and a half or whatever because of how the rotation falls. But I I could be into that. I could be, I think we should at least consider it because we're showing that there's popularity for these sets to rotate more frequently or on a more regular basis. So I don't know. I it's 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 at least enough that the 2022 format is creating a lot of positive buzz. I'm seeing people post deck lists on Facebook and Twitter. So like there's something to it. Yeah, I don't I don't know what, but there's something. You know, I unfortunately did not get to go to a pre-release last weekend. And I really wanted to, but uh, I needed some time off. So me and the lady, we went and just uh, rented, a, I guess, well, we Airbnb'd us. So I don't want to like make it sound like, well, we went and rented a condo, you know, like, but, <laughs> like, like it, it was Airbnb. So we didn't like rent a condo condo, but, uh, you know, we just wanted to hang out for the weekend, you know, go out and eat at some nice places and just take some time off. You know, so I ended up producing a couple of videos early. So there's still stuff over the weekend and everything. But when I got back, I saw so many positive responses from people about the pre-release this weekend. And I don't know if maybe it was a combination of people just being like, man, this is the first time I've gotten to play with real people in a while. Like I got to go visit my friends again. I went down to say hi to my local store you know, combined with people just being like, a D&D set is fun. It's cool flavor. It's something different. And maybe, I don't know, man. I feel like, it, I don't know. Have you been seeing the same things from the pre-release stuff? Yeah, I think so many people are just, as you said, so happy to actually 
to get to see their friends again and kind of get back to as close as we can get to normalcy. And, and I absolutely do think the set is fun. That also helped do the thing, as we've talked about, how does how does magic get to this point and there's been no D&D? It's a combination of a thing people have wanted for a long time. Well, I guess technically two things people have wanted for a long time. One, to be able to go outside and play with their friends again. And two, a Dungeons and Dragons theme set for magic. Yeah. I mean, and maybe maybe that's it, right? Maybe it's just you got back to something that felt normal. You know, you got to show you up to an event. The two, we got like a peanut butter and chocolate situation here. Yeah, really? Maybe that's it. I don't know. But it was really different. Because, you know, normally there's somebody going like, ah, sealed sucks in this format. Or, you know, I, unless you get mythics, you can't win anything. There's always some complaints, right? But this time that wasn't the case. Like, people seem to really enjoy getting back, going to our local stores. I saw a lot of pictures. You know, I would say a fair amount of people were still wearing masks and stuff, which, you know, cool. Vaccinated or not, if, if it's comfort, everything, go for it. I probably will still be masked when I do the Hunter Burt Memorial Open. You know, uh, even though I'm vaccinated, probably just how I'm going to roll. But, yeah, it was just interesting, you know. And I was expecting, like, all right, let's see what the drama is from the weekend. You know, and it wasn't. It was just positivity. And that's cool, man. I that That's what we should want. And I'm hoping maybe on some level... Well, really two things. One, that as players, we kind of hold on to that and go like, man, I remember what it was like when we didn't have this last year. You know, so we appreciate the effort that judges, TOs, everybody puts on for to have quality events, you know, that stores are doing to give stuff away and promote their stuff regularly. But maybe on some level, this is also going to open the door to people being okay with Wizards trying more brands with their Universes Beyond stuff. Because we do have already word that we're going to get a Lord of the Rings set, which is probably going to be next summer set from the sounds of things. And then, you know, I guess early next year, we'll get a Commander product that's going to have Warhammer 40k in it. And I think seeing how well D&D's... Now, admittedly, quality could be totally different. But I think seeing how well D&D is done kind of opens the door for people to be like, well, let's just see how these other things go. This wasn't as weird as we thought it was going to be, you know? Yeah, I mean, both of those, like Warhammer and, you know, Lord of the Rings, both are thematically a fit because they involve, you know, magic and orcs and all the fantasy tropes. Yeah, that is the thing, right? I think people who hear 40K think about it's just like guns, missiles, tanks, whatever. But it, like you said, there are a full race of orcs. There's aliens that are just different. They've got magic. They Hell, they have the Nurgle that are basically like demon worshipers. Yeah. You know? So I could totally see how you could make some stuff that fits and then make magic equivalent counterparts later and you wouldn't even notice a difference other than like the artwork. So... I don't know. I'm I'm kind of open to it. I, like we'll see. So far, though, D and D's been a lot of fun. Also, let me let me throw this out there that if you haven't ordered the totally refreshing secret layer, the last day is July 23rd. So if you're listening to the show as it's gone live, you have one day because it'll be a Friday, uh, the next day. But if you want to know which ones are good or not to buy and value or whatever, I did a video a couple weeks ago 
uh, over on my YouTube channel. So if you just want to know about each of the different sections, this is one of those big super drops. I think it's made up of like eight things. Uh, feel free to check that out and see if you want some extra information to help you decide if you want to make a purchase or not. Uh, full disclosure, I ordered some and an extra one of something. So there you go. Just just want to put that out there if people want some help on making a purchase because I think it actually is worth it. All right, Brian, this is this is kind of relates back to something you brought up, I want to say about seven or eight episodes ago. Actually, yeah, probably about that long, so it was a couple months. And you talked about how with Overwatch, they've been doing these different skins for May, one of the Asian characters. I just saw the latest one a couple days ago, and I guess she's done up as like a, I don't know, like a hamburger stand person or something with like yeah, the red, red like and white a, outfit. Like, like, a, like almost like a 1950s soda shop type. Yeah, thing. yeah, that's a better description. But she's not Asian at all. Like, not even a little bit with that skin. And yeah, I mean, if you didn't know she was Asian, you probably would not know from looking at that skin. Yeah, and that's kind of my thing, right? Because and I'm and when we say skin, we're talking about complete outfit, not just skin color. However, she isn't colored like an Asian person either. <laughs> like it's just regular white character, blonde hair, done up in this outfit with the freeze gun and whatever, right? I why like that's my question like I what's they didn't even keep like the dark hair like how if you're I have so many questions I have so many questions like if you're a fan yeah, and, of, and I I guess the, the characters like they seem to be doing this theme of her you know since she has a freeze gun as her weapon like we're okay a lot of maze ultimate uniforms or at least two of them are gonna be a, oh look she's some sort of ice cream server or something so I, okay. I get the character theme, but yeah, the design just seems off to where, as you said, if you didn't know the character was was Asian from this, for, for if you didn't have the previous knowledge, you wouldn't know. Well, yeah, but my thing is like, if you're a fan of the look and the style of the character, and then you're like, oh, we're getting a new skin next month or whatever, and then it comes out and you're like, this doesn't even look like the character I play. Which, I will say with their skins, they definitely go more on the wild, like their skins are people are zombies or Dr. Frankenstein. So they go very cartoonish with their skins. I would be okay with that. But if you're going to make it still a person, why not just have it look like the person? Like, I, I can't figure out in my head the justification at all. And this isn't just like, well, we need more diversity, whatever. Like, this is literally like if if I like a character for the look or I relate to it or whatever, you've now just taken away that thing that's going to make me want to spend the money to get that skin for the character. Like, that would be like when I was playing League of Legends, I would get the skins for Sivir, right? She's a character that has this cool, like, cross-shaped blade that she throws around and it boomerangs back or whatever. And... If I saw a skin that just didn't look like Sivir, I'd be like, why do I want this one? Right? I would probably pass on it. Now, obviously, they all look like her, the ones I bought. So I bought some extra skins and they got like whatever it was, five or six dollars per one out of me. But I, I just couldn't imagine that. 
Like I like how would I feel if I was I got on and I don't know. Well, we've talked before. They they don't have any black women in in Overwatch or whatever, right? Yeah. So let's say they they finally make a black woman who's a character or whatever. And then I'm like, cool. I like the look of the character. Maybe she's like a throwback 70s afro whatever thing, cool. And then you give me a character that's not even black, that's the alternate skin. Like why would I want that? That would be weird and I don't know that anybody on their staff is thinking about that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because they'd have they'd have a black woman by now if anybody was really thinking about it seriously. Because apparently, said so in one of Ash's earlier earlier I guess art iterations, she was black. Then somewhere along the line, she got changed to a white woman with white hair like Storm. So I, I don't know. Yeah, it's such a weird decision. I just and again I. I get it if you just want to have different style characters or whatever. That's fine. But my thing is you have Overwatch. I mean, to be fair to Overwatch, they do have at least a reasonable amount of diverse characters you can select from. But that's part of your draw. So from a business perspective, why would you take that away? Like, you should just be adding a larger variety diversity selection to your characters it's like why go backwards like i don't i don't understand it all like i saw that and i was like wait and admittedly i don't play a ton i ever overwatch or anything but i looked at that and went like that's may like there's no way if you if you showed that i like let's say you covered up the freeze gun or whatever and you showed that to a pile of people before they knew that what that skin was for i would be surprised if they would identify which character that is like it, it makes no sense to me. I I well, couldn't the, even. The, the, they probably would because most of the women are not as thick as me is. So probably how they would identify. <laughs> most of the women, like fair. like most video game women, are real thin. They, that would be probably the main way they would identify that it's May. That's a good point. But even then, right? You're making an effort to make May different. Like yeah. so again, that's, I mean, that's one of the reasons a lot of people love the character because she doesn't fit into that mold of you know ridiculously physically impossible thin yeah and not and you know and even doing a thicker asian character is a thing or asian woman is a thing you don't get that often so that's cool so it's just like weird to just like the the thing that somebody put some obvious thought into then you make a skin and you're like let's do the opposite of that (laughs) like like oh i don't understand man i'm so confused but hey, I don't know if they share, you know, how much money they make off of the skins, but it'd be interesting to see if this one sells or, yeah, or flops. Or, by the way, if anybody there wants some consulting for this stuff, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure we're both available, right? And we have some perspectives from, I don't know, combined over 50 years in the game history at this point. I'm sure, sure, we could, we could help you out. <laughs> All right, Brian, let's, let's, uh, Wrap this up with some dinner table conversation. And this is one, and we've kind of had this one floating around a little bit for a couple of weeks. But, you know, things kept coming up and we didn't really get to have have this talk. But one of the things we talk about sometimes privately is how to get people that don't understand what you're going through as a marginalized group 
in whatever community, whether we're talking about society in general, you know, gaming, whatever, a lot of people can't relate to your situation because they're not in your shoes. You know, we've talked about on the show many times, like there are things women go through that we can't relate to as men. But we try our best to find things that we can kind of go, okay, well, if I put it in this perspective, I could see how that would bother me. So I get it that it bothers them, right? One of the things we talked about is one thing nerds can relate to. And I mean that in like a general, I'm not insulting anybody, but you know, geeks, nerds, you know, gamer types, those of us that were isolated in junior high or high school, you know, you didn't do all the cool kid things, whatever. You're a lot of people think about, okay, well, I'm going to be trying to date this person or showing interest or something. I can't let them know I'm a insert game nerd thing, whatever here. Right. Like, oh, well, I can't let her know I play D&D. Can't let her know I play magic or, well, let me, let me not talk about video games or whatever it is. Right. Because you don't want them to know you're, you're a nerd. What a way to live though. <laughs> to, to not be able to express it, it, anything that you like. Oh, for real. The person you're dating won't like you. It's just, it's frightening. Shoot, I, I got all my business out there on day one. Right? It was like, look, here's what I'm into. These are the friends I hang out with. This is what my weekends look like. Like, if you ain't down with that, this ain't going to work. <laughs> like, just just up front. This this just thing. You got to be into the same stuff. Yep. That's this, real. This... All of the same stuff, but they definitely don't. I mean, if they have a problem with you doing it, then yeah. It's not... Oh, yeah. I mean, at that point, I had over 20 years in. I'm like, yeah, this this ain't being unlearned in a couple years. Sorry. Right. But not the, to say that Tish and I have all the same hobbies. You know, like she, the, there, there are certain types of TV shows and movies that she enjoys that I don't, and vice versa. Oh, same here, right? But she's got her thing she's nerdy about or geeky about, and I have my things. You know, and that's totally okay. Like we, we I feel like everybody's got one thing they turn into a whole nerd thing about. Oh, we've got their several. thing might be fishing. You know, it might be oh, something yeah. that you wouldn't necessarily. Think of as nerdy, but but they know every single detail. Oh yeah, they'll tell you about every what's the best stink bait, what what's the right hook if you're fly fishing, what's yeah. whatever. Like they got it all. But no, I think about that, right? Like think about if you're somebody, as as a listener out there, think about if you are one of these people that you are afraid to let somebody know that you were into whatever it is you're into, and the effort you went through to hide that, right? Because you thought there was going to be some level of ridicule, mistreatment, insults, whatever. Imagine being in somebody's shoes where they have a thing they can't hide. But you also know that it comes with that same insult, ridicule, denial of things. Like, that's an easy way for you to put that in perspective. Right. Think about however you felt, however anxious you were, whatever concerns you had. And then imagine it being about a thing you can't cover up, that you can't hide, that you can't put away and talk about later. That's what people go through. You know, when when you're a new player and you show up at an event or a store or to a party or a group and you're the token, whatever woman, black, Asian, disabled, whatever it is, 
or some combination of these. Yeah, exactly. Or maybe multiple of the above, right? And you know there's already going to be certain things that come with that. Like, you have to already come prepared. Mentally, physically, geared up, ready to go. Because you know there's going to be a thing. And then you actually walk away feeling happy when it's not a thing. Like, like I said, we've told the stories on here before. Where, you know, I walked into groups and there was this an assumption that magically I'm one of the people that's doing drugs in the room. Like, no good reason. Let you know how who would help other people know where to find them, right? Maybe exactly. So now I've got to have that conversation, right? Like, I just showed up to want to play some cards, man. <laughs> like, why? Why is that part of a conversation? You know, but imagine, like, you you have no idea. Like, there are times it would be nice to just be like, man, let me just turn my blackness off for like an hour. <laughs> I mean, being honest about You've it. You've been like, accused of doing that before. <laughs> well, that's true. I have been accused of doing that. But I mean, but seriously, like I've told you before, I've been in business meetings. I've been at conventions, whatever, where like you're just the one and you know what comes with that. Right. We, And it's tough, you know, when you when you have to push harder to justify something or just dodge people for sake of not being in a certain situation or having to have a conversation about a thing. Like it just sucks so much when literally, you know, like we see it all the time online where, you know, like Emma Skyward has been on the show. Like she posts every once in a while about somebody just coming into her stream and just insulting her. Cause she's a woman. Right. The fact that she, she was one of the, she's right now, I think in to, at last I saw, I think she was like top 50 or something on ladder. And People are going like, oh, well, did you just get somebody to play that for you? Did you just buy your rank? Like, she's putting in time and playing like everybody else. That shouldn't be a conversation. Because if she was a dude, nobody would ask her that. But she can't put away and cover up that she's a woman. Right? Like, that's that's the type of stuff that I'm just like, man. And, and, and when now I, that I think about it, because there are games where, you know, you essentially can pay to buy your rank and every content creator I have seen advertising one of those has been a dude. Oh, you're right. Every single time I've seen that ad, hey, you want someone to grab your bad ranks for you? That's been a male content creator. Dude, that's so funny. I, I don't know if that's just coincidence, but I have also I'm not seen a woman doing it. I'm, I'm sure there is. I'm sure somebody will probably tell everybody, oh, so it's okay. I'm not, I'm not you know, uh, for all, I'm not saying that if you had, that if you took the ad, you did the service because everybody knows that celebrities sell, th- sell things oh, that they yeah. don't use. <laughs> sure. It just occurred to me <laughs> they were talking. I mean, I've only maybe seen five or six people promoting them, but yeah, you're right. It's always been dudes. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. I like I said, it was just one of those things. I wanted to bring that up because that's something I occasionally hear people still talking about. And I was like, that's something I think geek culture can relate to. You know, the number of times you thought, man, I'd like to not tell somebody about whatever until a certain point, or at least not let them know until they've gotten to know me better or whatever. And I thought about it. I said, man, think about that level of anxiousness and anxiety you had around that. 
when you could put that away. And then just think about the people who have a thing they can't put away. But yet all those things you're afraid of and all those things that you think might happen, happen to those people regularly. Like, I don't know. I just thought that was a, a good correlation for people. So hopefully we can leave people with that to think about uh, until next week. But Brian, why don't you tell everybody they can find you on social media? I am Deal Caesar on YouTube, uh, Instagram, and Twitter. Our family channel on YouTube is Alex Ever After. And you can find me just about everywhere at Power Dragon, P-O-W-R-D-R-A-G-N, with YouTube videos every day, streaming over on Facebook and Twitch. And if you want to find me on TikTok, it's The Power Dragon, because, you know, stuff. <laughs> but wherever you are listening, whenever you're listening, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. And please, though we are still trying to get vaccinated and all that other good stuff, just be safe out there. If you'd like to further support Color of Magic, you can find us on our website at colorofmtg.com. We also have a Patreon if you'd like to donate other patreon.com slash color of magic you can also find us on facebook under color of magic and if you want to follow us along at twitter you can find us there at color of mtg and as always please share the podcast around to your friends your network people you think might enjoy it because every little bit helps as we're trying to increase our user base <laughs>